Hey there, welcome to the Podcast Manager Show. I am Lauren and I'm so glad that you are here today. We are talking all about video editing as a podcast manager and if you should consider offering this service and what to think about if you do decide to offer this service. Now, before I jump into this really unique episode, I wanted to remind you or maybe let you know for the first time that we are currently doing a survey, this big survey around our mission. And I would love, love, love if you would participate. So our current mission as a business, Lauren Wrighton LLC, is to help 500 freelancers create profitable podcast management businesses that they love and that gives them the time freedom that they want. So we want you to be profitable. We want you to love what you do. And we want you to have the time freedom that you want whatever that means for you. So we're conducting a survey to see how many freelancers we've helped so far. And I need your help (laughs) to figure out where we're at, if we've gotten to 500 yet, how close we are, and all of that good stuff. So if you could fill out this really short survey, it's at laurenwrighton.com forward slash survey to let us know, has one of our free or paid resources helped you to create your podcast management business? I would be so grateful. And I'm going to be giving away three $100 Amazon gift cards. So you have through Wednesday, June 8th to complete the survey. So before June 9th, if you're listening to this episode live, that means tomorrow is your last day. So don't sit on it. Do it today. Get it done. Thank you so much for doing it. Like I said, it's going to be at laurenwrighton.com forward slash survey. And we will have that link in the show notes. So I'm really excited to see the results of the survey. And don't worry, I will let you know on the podcast or at least on Instagram what we have found out from your guys' information. So thank you so, so much. Now, in my private Facebook group for the Podcast Manager program, we've been getting a lot of questions about video editing. And people would be asking, hey, my client is asking me to do some video editing or they they want to turn their podcast into a video podcast. And so they're asking if I can video edit in a couple of weeks or a couple of months or whatever. You know, is anyone doing this? How are you pricing it? Like, you know, give me all of the juice. Give me all the details. And one of our students, Alexis Archuleta, she had started doing it and quickly became the go-to in our private Facebook group. And so people were tagging her and asking her, like, hey, tell me again, what are you charging? And how do you do it? And X, Y, and Z. What resources do you recommend? And so I decided to have her come onto one of our coaching calls to answer the most frequently asked questions around video editing. And then she did a mini tutorial on how she uses Adobe Premiere Pro, which is one of the video editing tools that you can use. So what I'm sharing here on this episode is the, just the Q&A portion. Obviously, it wouldn't make too much sense to let you listen to a visual tutorial. <laughs> so I'm just sharing with you the Q&A that Alexis and I did about video editing. And I hope that it's super helpful to get some of your questions answered about video editing. But before we play that part of the episode, I wanted to first talk a little bit about YouTube And also let you know that just because you start to see job opportunities or podcasters start talking about video podcasting and video editing doesn't mean that you have to offer it. Like if just the idea of this, you're like, oh, gosh, a new thing, a new skill. I don't really want to do this. I don't really like the technical piece. 
of this anyway. Like, you don't have to do this, right? You don't have to offer video editing. I do not think that podcasting is going to go into all video podcasts, right? There is something so intimate about just audio. And people love the fact that they can show up in their pajamas, that they can do this in their closet. Like, that's one of the really appealing things about podcasting is that it's not video. So if you don't like the idea of video editing, just know that that's fine. Like, in fact, maybe just turn off this episode right now (laughs) because you don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. In fact, I don't want you to think that you have to jump on every opportunity. You know, it's coming from a scarcity mindset of thinking, I have to do this because this is where the jobs are. Really take a step back from that way of thinking and ask yourselves, is this the only way that I can be successful as a podcast manager? Is this the way that the world is going? In, in this instance, like I said, I, I don't think that we all have to learn how to video edit. But if it's appealing to you, then how cool, right? There are a lot of opportunities when it comes to video editing. The other thing is, is that you can have a video editor on your team. So if you do get questions from clients of, hey, can you also do video editing, you can say, yes, I offer that as part of my package, right? And you can have someone else do the video editing. So those are some options for you as a podcast manager, as more podcasts do the video element, but not all podcasts do the video element. Now, let me know if you want me to do an entirely separate episode on YouTube, because I think I could do another episode on YouTube, Uh, but I wanted to point out just two things when it comes to YouTube, and that is that they announced a while ago, this is, I'm recording this in May of 2022, so I believe it was maybe like two months ago, I don't know, let's just say 2022, (laughs) YouTube announced that they were going to start adding RSS feeds to YouTube. So they're basically going to have like a branch of YouTube that was specifically for podcasts. And we haven't seen that transpire yet, but I am really interested to see what this looks like because they are actually, YouTube is actually having a lot of success with people putting their full podcast episodes on YouTube. So I believe what this means is that your audio podcast could be on YouTube. YouTube would be like a new podcast listening platform. So I will keep you updated on that front. But as of now, we just, heard that they're going to do this and they haven't given us any any more information. There has been some new research from PodTrack about YouTube, and I'm going to link the article to the show notes in case you like going back to the resource. But they found that YouTube is the most popular platform for podcasts that post full video. So 22% of PodTrack's top 250 podcasts are posting full video episodes to YouTube. And they're doing really well on YouTube, gaining bigger and more engaged audiences. So I thought this was pretty interesting because YouTube videos are known to be shorter, right? Like a standard YouTube video might be like 5 to 15 minutes long, whereas podcast episodes are longer, generally speaking, than that. You all know that my podcast episodes are not that long. (laughs) This one will be, but my solo episodes are not are not that long. But that is what's so interesting. You know what, though? I started actually watching a video podcast on YouTube like at the same time that I was doing this research. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, they're right. You know, it's, it's becoming more and more attractive to podcast listeners to be able to watch 
a podcast episode with a video on YouTube. So just some things to think about as we see the podcasting world just get into all these different places, right? Like when something's hot, everybody wants a piece of it. So we'll see how this really happens with YouTube. But I like it. I like the progression. And I do think that there is a real opportunity here for those of you that are interested in video editing. So without further ado, here is my Q&A interview with Alexis. Hey there, I'm Lauren, and you're listening to The Podcast Manager Show, a podcast for podcast managers. Each week, we cover the technical and tactical aspects of running a profitable podcast manager business. With over 90,000 new shows starting each month, podcast managers are in demand. I mean, in demand. And I'm here to help you land your dream clients while reaching your monthly income goals without working like crazy. Are you ready? Let's get to today's episode. Alexis, first, as I was telling you before, I welcomed everybody else in the room. Whenever I'm listening slash watching some sort of training, I always like I have to know something personal about the person because it just like I got to connect with them somehow. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you how or why you started your business. Yeah, so my name is Alexis and I started this whole remote journey after doing a travel backpacking trip. It was a supposed to be a six month trip turned two years, <laughs> but um, it was there where I was like, man, I really want to continue this. How do I do that? So I started as a virtual assistant doing general tasks, doing all content. So blogs, video, podcasts, social media, and it didn't take me long to niche down just because video and podcasts have always been something that I've, I'm interested in. I have a background in radio, TV, film, but I mean, my background had nothing to do. I mean, I could have learned what I learned in school online. So I niched down and just have been doing podcasts and video for just over a year now, just focusing on that area. Love it. And yeah, it's so interesting when you say you have like a background in it. People are like, oh, she has a background. But you're like, it doesn't. I used to get that when I worked in fitness and I have a biology degree. And I'm like, biology and fitness do like it's about the body, but that's it. There's no right. other correlation. There's it's not the same. Right. So I get to there. Okay. So then, and yes, follow Alexis on Instagram if you want to see her travels because you do a good job showing us Thank where you, you are in the world. So I like following you. So let us know, what do you personally like about offering video editing with podcast management? So I, you know, I, when I started as a podcast manager, I offered guest management, um, transcription, all the things. And I learned that both transcription and guest management weren't something I enjoyed. And um, I was only doing audio editing. Well, the more I was doing audio, the more um, clients were like, were asking me if I also did video. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. I can start incorporating that into my services. So because video editing takes so long, um, I decided to drop guest management and transcription and just solely focus on the video portion. I also love the technical side and I'm a hands-on type of person and I really love knowing behind the scenes. And so working behind the scenes and editing and I just really enjoy it. So I figured, well, why not? I'll offer video editing with my podcast services. Yeah, that's a good thing to point out that like, maybe this is for someone who maybe is a little bit more technical versus maybe guest management is more like if you're, if you really like connecting people, 
then that's a good service ad for you. So think about your personal strengths and your personal desires to know if this is, do you think this is going to be a good fit? So you you felt like it was kind of a natural move into video editing because people started asking you and you're like, okay, yeah, this seems interesting. Let's see where this can can take me and I'm going to learn. For sure. And I also was doing video editing for fun on the side for my own personal projects. So to be able to incorporate it into work was just made sense for me. I'm also, after doing general virtual assisting, I burnt myself out pretty quickly. So I knew I didn't want to do that when I niched down. And so one of the major things that I considered was, well, what do I enjoy? And so that's where I kind of went. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So yeah, this is a natural lead into how did you learn? How did you teach yourself early on to get started? Well, so I did learn the basics in school and university, but I mean, I didn't need that experience in school to learn. Um, A lot of the things I've learned now have been through courses. So I did take the course 90 Day VA Mm -hmm. to learn how to be a virtual assistant. And then um, after that, I was like, well, I want to learn more about podcasting in general and the business side of that. So I ended up taking the podcast manager program. But other than those two courses, a lot of my skills have been learned through YouTube. So because I use Adobe Audition to edit audio, I watch almost all of Mike Russell on YouTube. Mike Russell. Okay. He's a, I think his business is called Music Radio Creative. And so he covers a few tutorials on Audacity as well, but most of it has been on Audition. And I just love his stuff. So anytime I'm learning something new or I need to learn something new, I go to YouTube and watch his videos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then when it comes to the video editing side, do you find that you're, you'll have a, you learn the basics and then like, but when you get a project, you kind of have to like go learn something like a small piece of it on YouTube or how has that like learning process been? It's mostly trial and error to see what works best. So When I say Mike Russell, Mike Russell is more so the audio. He covers a bit of video, but I just kind of took what I knew from video editing and applied it to my my work. So a lot of it has been trial and error as far as like, okay, what do I want it to look like? Like, let me watch other video podcasts to see what they have. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is what they do. This is what I'll use. So kind of picking and choosing what I like more visually and um, just kind of applying that into my workload. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally agree with like the approach of like, what else is out there? Because you can see like what works, what's appealing to your own eye. And I mean, I like to do this with really anything like, you know, episode descriptions. I like to look at people's episode descriptions and see, you know, how are they doing these? Like, how are different people handling this? Because then you can get cool ideas or just see like why you like something and why you don't like something. And so you don't necessarily want to copy or you don't want to copy period, (laughs) but you can get a lot of inspiration. And we, we naturally get inspiration for like graphics on Instagram, right? When we're taking in, in video, obviously video is huge. So yeah, you don't feel, you don't have to feel like you have to come up with these like brand new creative video ideas when there's actually a ton of content out there that you can, you can look at and see and pick the pieces that you like. Right. Right. And that's usually what I like to do too. I like to, I don't want to brainstorm everything myself. I just kind of want to, plus that's overwhelming. So I just kind of like to see what other people are doing and then just kind of pick and choose and then incorporate that um, into my client's work. And then of course, I like to also keep it cohesive. So I I try to ask for their branding just so I know what to design if I am designing anything and um, what will look good for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So then what are three things that we should consider when offering video editing? So I have three tips, but they're not in any particular order. For me, the first one would be um, knowing what the client is looking for in order to gauge how long it'll take you to edit. So for me, I, I offer three different options. And so one is leaving the entire podcast episode the way that it is, no editing, just uploading it to YouTube. Wait, pause there. When they say like, oh, I don't really want, I don't want any editing. Are you finding that that's actually true? Because like when we hear that from a podcast perspective, I mean, if they say like absolutely no editing, then yeah, that's what's happening. But like, I, so I guess my question is more around if someone says like light editing, are you getting that? Yes. And I so, might be jumping ahead. No, yeah. Well, and usually too, I make sure that I just use that in my packages, like no editing as like package one. And then package two would be light editing. Mm -hmm. So um, I would, you know, take out maybe long pauses or they had to restart a sentence. Maybe a dog was barking in the background or something. I'll edit those things out. So that's considered light editing. And okay. then of course I upload the whole episode. Mm -hmm. um, and then of course the more advanced package that I offer would be like if they're taking their hour long episode and they want only a chunk of it to be on YouTube or something like that. Mm -hmm. So um, knowing what they want helps me determine how long it'll take me to edit it. Mm -hmm. So I think knowing that or asking the client that question is good to know just so when you're editing things, <laughs> you can make a, make the call. Um, but I think it's important to know too, that the first few videos will be trial and error. So, um, you know, it's hard to say how long it's going to take you. You just kind of have to, once you give your price, just be like, okay, well, that was too low or, oh, that was high. Okay. Next time, let me make the change. But just kind of accepting that your first few are going to take some time. For sure. For sure. That's how it is for so many new skills. Now, whenever you say advanced editing, is that usually you're deciding the pieces of the show that, that you're uploading? So they're saying like, here's just the whole thing. Can you turn this into like three different, yeah, can you turn this into like three different video snippets? Is that kind of what you're thinking when you say like advanced? Yeah, it can be. It's a mix of that or or if they're like, hey, I want these three or these four, can you string them together and then maybe put like a question graphic mm. in between to separate? That's kind of what I mean, as opposed to just uploading the entire episode and just taking out the one long pause that they had or something like that. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. Now, whenever you say upload, are you really solely thinking about YouTube? Um, so far, yes, because in my experience, that's all I've had to use is just YouTube. I haven't had to use any other platforms or anything like that. Okay, that's kind of what I figured, but I just wanted to make sure I wasn't missing a, a big one. Okay, now this is a big question, but how does video editing compare to audio editing? So let's say we we have a good idea of how long it takes us to audio edit. And, you know, we've kind of got a good perspective around that. But then a client says, oh, I'm going to start recording video. Can you also start editing the video? And let's just say it's light editing using your terms. So it's that's what they have described that they want. How do those things compare in in whatever comes to mind for you? <laughs> so I guess I'll talk a little bit about my workflow because whenever it is like two different jobs, you have your audio and your video. Mm -hmm. um, the way I usually do it is I'll edit the audio first and as I'm editing the audio, I'll make note of or timestamps, make note of the timestamps of where the mistakes are. And so I'll just edit the audio the whole way through and then make note of the mistakes. And then after that, I'll make note of the mistakes. And then after that, I 
will go into the, the video portion and line up where the video starts and then edit usually from the back front, just so that it doesn't affect the timing, but, Mm -hmm. um, it actually doesn't take as long when I have the timestamps there. So it makes it a little bit more easier. And then in, in my experience as well, most of my clients who have done the, um, or who want the video portion, they're, they're like light editing. So it's not too technical as far as like the audio would be when you're editing it in audacity or audition. So takes less time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, are they, have your clients given you those timestamps before? Or is it, I would think it would be the same. It would be the same. Like if a client said like, oh yeah, I talked about X, Y, and Z. Can you take that out? Is there any differences between your clients that, that are also doing video? Are they giving you any other details or are you getting that same type of feedback that you would be getting if you're just doing audio? The same type of feedback. And usually too, the, my clients are, are very much like, well, we trust you. So do what you think is best. But sometimes they will make a note. They'll say, hey, you know, this, this timestamp, I've said this, can we take it out? Or the guest said this, can we remove it? But for the most part, it's pretty much the same. Same thing. Okay. Awesome. Now, similar question, but more of a technical question of what should our expectations be around editing video? So one of the things I talk about with you guys with audio editing is like having realistic expectations for yourself and communicating those with your clients so that they know that, you know, we're not like audio wizards or like audio unicorns and all these words that people love to use of like, we can take like, just this like, you know, horrible audio and turn it into this like beautiful piece of of work. It's just like, it's not, that's not a realistic expectation. So what would you say in comparison with video editing? How much can you improve something? Um, well, in the Adobe Creative Suite, they have a lot of similarities. So Premiere and Audition, there's a few effects that you can also use in Premiere. So you can get rid of echo, you can you know, level out the, compress the audio, things like that. But I think it's obviously the expectation, especially with uh, syncing your video, you want to make sure that, that the audio and the video are synced because of course, if you do make an edit and then something is off, it'll clearly show. Mm -hmm. So like I said earlier too, it just, it'll take a few attempts to figure out your flow and your, your workflow and how things will go. But um, you'll know pretty quickly if it's a service you want to offer. So That's a good tip. So maybe even, you know, record your, like I say, with audio, record yourself on video and practice it and see like, is this, is this something that I'm, that I enjoy doing? Because just getting a couple of experiences, you think you'll know if it's, if you like it. Right, right. And you can do audio editing within the video editing software, Mm -hmm. but of course you just can't go into like super detail like you would in audition or things like that. So Usually clients want the video to be somewhat basic and I say basic in quotes because, you know, it's, I don't know, it's, it's not like they're wanting cinematic editing for their, for their podcast. (laughs) So they're just usually just cutting clips and mistakes and then uploading it to YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. And just to reiterate what you said earlier, it's really two different jobs, even though you can do them at the same time, you're what are the reasons, I guess? Is it just easier? The workflow just makes a lot more sense to do it separately. And then you're actually getting the product that you want. Yeah, because at least in my experience with the audio, maybe there's an ad or um, they have their intro and their outro and, you know, I don't know, whatever else they're adding 
within the podcast episode itself. And in the video, maybe they want no ad and they want no intro, no outro, mm-hmm. you know? It, so it's hard to edit it like you would the audio version because the video is, is different. I've tried to do both. Um, and it's just, it's no, it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Unless yeah. there somebody knows, then please let me know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but in my experience, yeah. And like you said, that, that makes sense with the ad too, because if the ad's going to be different, if there is an ad, you know, the audio ads can be different than the, than if there was a visual ad and YouTube also, once you have a certain amount of followers, you can then do YouTube ads. And so it's, yeah, right. it's, the ads piece will definitely be different. So that's a good thing. Thanks for pointing that out. I will say too, like with, I have clients that I've worked with as well, who they still want to be, they want to have a video presence, but they don't record video. So um, what I'll usually do is if they're, if they've started their YouTube channel um, as I'll upload the audio with a thumbnail and just kind of keep that going the whole way. So then there's no actual video. It's just the thumbnail of the, of the episode and that's considered their video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so interesting because, well, supposedly the podcast episode that I'm going to record that coincides with this q and I'm going to talk about YouTube, but supposedly YouTube is going to start accepting RSS feeds. So that'll be interesting to see what that looks like because I'm imagining it's going to be pretty similar to what you just described where it's going to be audio with some sort of, maybe it'll just be audio and it'll be like a new podcasting platform. Um, or it'll be, or it'll have some just like one image that you see as you listen. So yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting to, to see how that plays out in the coming months. So we've talked about YouTube. I'd love to know what you've done for clients when it comes to like repurposing video for social media. Is anyone just like saying, Hey, we did record the video. We just want you to create social media graphics or what have you seen there? Um, usually when I work with clients, I'm doing both YouTube and social media. So like, they're like, Hey, can you just pick a section and repurpose that into a reel? Mm-hmm. Or, um, they'll just want me to keep track of the quotes or things like that. And then maybe somebody on their team will put the reel together, mm-hmm. but that's as I think, as far as social media, I've only created reels using the videos or maybe like a audiogram or something, but not with the actual footage of them speaking, just more mm. so like just the audio and then a template. Okay. So even the reels that you're that you've made um or that you're thinking of, it's been just the audio. It hasn't been the actual video of them doing the podcast episode. A mix. So some clients, yes, and then other clients know they want the actual them speaking. So I'll usually line up, you know, each speaker above each other. Like um, I have a client now they're a duo and so it's three people so I'll have them two and then the guest in the middle or something like that. Mm-hmm. So are you are you still doing that all in Adobe Premiere? Yes. Okay. So everything is done in Adobe Premiere. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting cuz as you know um Alexis and I are working on a project together and I'm doing social media stuff but I'm using Canva And then I have to use Instagram and I'm just using a lot of different programs and it's just like exporting and airdropping and (laughs) there's a lot going on in my workflow right now. (laughs) It's well, and the thing too about doing it in Premiere, you know, it's just kind of 
which I'll, I guess I'll kind of show later is just kind of moving the keyframes so that they're aligned. But like, I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't add the captions until, you know, until Instagram, Instagram. Or yeah, or the social media manager will take over the video that I've created and then they'll add captions. Okay. Yeah. That is what I'm doing in, in Instagram is adding the captions, which is nice too, because it's, or it's almost necessary to do in Instagram because then it looks native to Instagram right. and it doesn't look too produced. It looks like it's made on Instagram because it was. And so that's a little bit more attractive to someone that's stumbling upon it on Instagram. So let's go through the chat here and answer some of these questions. And then we'll do, I'll skip over to ones that are maybe like editing specific because then we'll do your tutorial Okay. Marjorie, you said, what's the most affordable and friendly video editing software? Alexis, I'll let you answer that. And then I'll chime in if need be. Sure. So I'm a Mac user, so I'm not sure what PC would do, but I know people use iMovie mm-hmm. and they get along just, just fine with that. I'm not sure what other options there are as far as yeah. free, but I know so the other one that comes to mind is Descript which it's, mm. there's a free, there's a, f- a free version, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be free if you were really using it for more than one client. So, but that's definitely a friendly version, a friendly video editing software that I've heard a lot of you guys talk about is Descript, especially if you're already using it in your editing workflow, then yeah, but I do, I do use iMovie and it's, it's just for basic stuff. Like you, you cannot go deep with it. So it definitely depends on what you need to get done. And then, yeah, I saw another one down here. Um, Kyle, you said, I've actually never said this word out loud. Camtasia? Camtasia? Oh, Camtasia. Camtasia. Yeah, I've, he- I've heard about that one. So Kyle, you said that's another good um, video editing software. You don't recall if it's free. I believe so, but I could be wrong. Adobe Creative Cloud also allows you to purchase just Adobe Premiere. Yeah, so we'll get into, we should we should get into the price of that. Uh, which would make it more inexpensive. Um, so DRUS, is Adobe Premiere free? If not, are there free video? Okay, so we talked about that. But what is the price of Adobe Premiere? I think it was, it's, I don't, actually, I don't remember off the top of my head. I almost, okay, and, so, and but you also use Audition, you said, for for audio editing. So then when you buy Adobe Audition and Adobe Premiere, is there is there a... Um, savings? No. And that was something, no. Well, so I have the whole cloud, which is like, to ex- no, you don't need that. You don't need it. <laughs> um, that's ridiculous. But originally I, I had gotten it. Um, so, oh yeah. If that's, is that $21? I just saw it pop up. That might be right. It's like really affordable just by itself. I didn't see any deals with, with premiere and audition. Otherwise that's what I'm like totally looking for. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I had gotten cloud just, you know, to have all the things, but like I said, that's way not necessary. Okay. Yeah. I, Pam, you said that both separately are about $25 a month. Is that what you're saying? So, so if you're using, if you were using audition, it would be 25. And then if you're using, which audition is edit is audio only. And so Mm -hmm. if you were using premiere, then it'd also be $25 a month. So um, good to know you would want to build that into your price. And I mean, that's not outrageous, Mm -hmm. but I wonder too, if they have, like if you can buy it for the whole year and save. Because um, once once you knew that you wanted to use it long-term, that would be nice. I imagine you can, because if you, you can do it with a suite in general. So you can, you, you can buy it for yeah. a whole year or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, let's move down these questions. Alexis, do you know what the biggest difference between Adobe Premiere versus Adobe Premiere Pro? 
Are those the same thing? I think they're the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's just the na- the full name. Yeah. Of Adobe Premiere. So Adobe Premiere Pro is the same. Okay. Veronica, you said, I have a client that wants to start uploading their podcast episodes to YouTube. For older episodes that are only audio format, what have you found to be more effective and enjoyable for a listener via YouTube? Is it moving? Is it a moving waveform with the audio or is it a static graphic overlaid with the audio? Do you have thoughts on that? No, but I think at that point, like, you know, if they see that it's a static graphic, then I don't know if they're going to be too concerned whether it's moving or not, you know, Mm, mm -hmm. if there's a waveform, because at that point they're like, okay, well, there is no actual video. So I think either would be fine. Would be. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. You mentioned different packages. How does your pricing differ from audio editing? That's a good question. Yeah. So um, actually, let me pull that up right now. (laughs) (laughs) Don't quiz me on my pricing. Yeah. (laughs) Off the top of my head. (laughs) And I'm still like, this is also still trial and error for me. I'm trying to see, you know, what works and all the things. So for example, like my basic, the basic package for me with just audio for 30 to 45 minutes, and this is no show notes, nothing, just editing would Mm be, I put 497, but with video, I put it at 997. Okay. So wait, wait, wait. Wait, just video editing is 997 or them together is 997? Together. Okay. Together. So they're basically the same price. Video editing is maybe a little bit more. Yeah. I almost like, as far as pricing goes, it takes me the same amount of time that it would to like figure out guest management because that's just not my wheelhouse. So I'm like, yeah. let me just kind of base it on that and then kind of okay. see where I go. So that's like the my basic package. Okay, cool. Yeah, that I think that gives us a lot of insight yeah and perspective of of what you're thinking cool awesome and then um tanya you said for youtube do you pull clips you see on youtube with premiere or audition i would guess premiere because they're going to have a video element right and then have you tried editing the video and then pulling the audio from the edited video to add the different advertisements i've thought about this and i haven't Mm. because at the end of the day like when I upload the client's raw files they have the video and they have the audio they're already kind of separate so I just kind of work with the audio and then go in back later to do the video Mm -hmm. but I could try that I'm also like I said I'm still trying to find (laughs) you're like wait I'm gonna try that yeah so but I assume if you just like when you sat down to edit it and you edited the video it's going to take you longer than it's going to take you to edit the audio Yes, because you're also dealing with the the video portion. So it's like if you edit this audio, it might not uh, sync up with her speaking, you know, mm-hmm. or she's, you're going to have a jump cut and it's just going to look weird. So that's yeah. why it's a little bit easier for me to do the audio first. Yeah, because then you can like you can do everything that you would normally do with audio and then you and then you go back into the video and say, OK, these are the things that have to be done with the video. Right. Yeah. OK. This is a really specific question from me. If you were to edit the audio and you're going to take out like mouth, all the mouth noises, right? Just specifically talking about mouth noises, like tongue clicks. Because tongue clicks is what I hear in videos that like I actually pick out of my... This is my own videos most of the time, by the way. So do you then... Like, would you cut out tongue clicks in a video or is that just going to make way too many like jump cuts? Um. Well... So what you can do, I don't because especially since the clients I've worked with are like, we don't really care about the video portion as much. So, you know, they don't even want edits. But if that was the case, I would 
I guess this is where I would show, but like I wouldn't unlink the clips and I would cut out the the tongue click and then just start the video where she starts talking. So you wouldn't hear it, but you the, there would be no jump cut. Does that make sense? Oh, okay. So you would only edit the, okay. Yeah, the you, can, you can show us, but I get what you're saying. You only edit the audio because a tongue click, you're not going to see. Right. You're just going to hear it. Exactly. Right. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. We can come back to that when we get to the tutorial. So then Pam, you said the creative cloud with all apps is around $50 per month. So if you're doing audition and premiere, then you might as well just get maybe get the whole creative cloud, especially if you're like into Adobe products. If you're like, if you're like looking for a reason to buy Adobe products, then the creative cloud will be appealing to you. Definitely. So, okay. Do you find you get monthly retainer clients or one-off projects as it comes to video? A mix of both. Right now, I have monthly clients who do video, but then I do have... Because I also, unrelated, I also do course editing videos as well. So people do come Mm -hmm. to me for that. But as far as one-off for just podcasts, no, it's mostly monthly. Mostly. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. The one-off are, will you edit this video for a course? Okay. Mm -hmm. So then DR, you said 987 is for a month for a weekly episode. Yes, for four episodes. Four episodes a month, month, 997 for basic audio and video editing Mm -hmm. was what Alexis was saying. Okay, cool. All right, so that is it. Thank you so much to Alexis for doing that for us. And if you would like to connect with her, you can find all of her social links on the show notes of this episode. Thanks again for being here today. And I will talk to you next week. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Come connect with me over on Instagram at Lauren Wrighton or in the Podcast Manager Mastermind Facebook group. And let me know what you liked about this episode. I love, love, love hearing your guys' feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at laurenwrighton.com. Special thanks to my amazing podcast manager, Marcy Page, on producing this episode. All right, that's it. Until next time, I'll be cheering you on.